Welcome to the 3v3 Podcast, your socially distanced hockey chat show. Here are your hosts, Cassie, Pat, and Patrick. So we left off last episode um, with a question that I had after we kind of dribbled out of a bunch of little questions and stuff. Anyway. Well, when s- some of us, <clears throat> me, uh, didn't bring our uh, best last week. What? That, that's all right. That's okay. Um, so which NHL team would you consider has the best and or worst social media presence? So right before we started recording, uh, I did just mention how the Kraken promptly timed a scheduled tweet about how they're pouring concrete at their practice facility for the ice surface for the main team, the main rink for the team, because I I believe they're only going to open with one sheet for the team to begin with while they finish the rest of the facility. But I think, you know, not being an active team, not officially, officially, maybe by the time this drops, they will officially be a member of the league because, you know, the check will clear. I think they've done a good job kind of balancing, you know, excitement about tickets and how they're completing the facility, the arena, and also touching dealing with black girl hockey clubs get uncomfortable campaign. Just they're touching a lot of different things without having much to talk about. So I've been very impressed and they, they did it in a way without the edge that the Vegas golden Knights had in the lead up to them playing their first game. So I'm, I I've been impressed with Seattle's and in full disclosure, I follow like three or four team accounts and that's about it. So yeah, so Seattle has my vote for this week. Patrick? I'm mad at them because they stole all the concrete. <clears throat> I literally, my contractor said to me, I was ready, I was getting ready to have your driveway poured this week because the weather's been so gorgeous up here. But I have not been able to get a hold of any concrete. And I said, why? And he giggled and said because they've got it all lined up for the Kraken facility so they're not doing themselves any favors with me at the current time (laughs) now had had I known that I would not have tweeted at them a gorgeous picture that I took of the Olympic and the Puget Sound the Olympic Mountain behind the Puget Sound from this gorgeous area as it's been gorgeously sunny all week long and said this is Seattle Kraken territory and they kindly responded with facts and I now despise them because my driveway is missing but aside from my pettiness I want to go with the devils right now Hmm. whoever is running the devils account is having some fun some clapbacks, some snark, some some pretty good humor. It's, the Jersey it's, Devil stuff has been pretty good. It's a uh, it's a little reminiscent of the team that sort of started this whole thing, the Kings, right? For for a couple of years there, the Kings 
Twitter account was generally pretty gold. Um, I forget the name of the guy that was running it, but um, they they were pretty gold for a while, and so. But yeah, the, um, I and I hate doing this, but I think the worst is Dallas. That that, and I think it's just that organization is tone deaf. Yeah, you're so tone deaf. Oh my god. And and I can't blame the social media person directly, right? Because there's only so much leeway those people are generally given. You know, they because you have to stay on brand, corporate messaging. You know, blah 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 blah, and. You know, there's there's things they're allowed to do and things they're not allowed to do, right? Um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, you know, just just in the past like two or three months, the Devils one has been has been pretty choice, and it's not just because they clap back or or post some snark. It's even it's even the informational stuff that you know has been pretty good. There's there's a sense of levity. You know, they're like, yeah, okay, we get it. You know, we're not a great team this year, but yeah, it, it's fun. like they're learning to have fun outside of wins. Because I think too we, often, just sports in general, it's it's only fun if you win. And it's like, well, actually actually being able to laugh at yourself i feel like it's illegal in the nhl <laughs> poking fun at yourself you know well i mean at your own expense just to like just to bring some levity to things i've I kind of missed that yeah according to some general managers playing by the rules is also illegal so you know you just good for the devils for just having a laugh um, I think over the past couple of years, consistently, um, Carolina has had like a really good like social media presence, at least on Twitter. Because um, the, <laughs> the thing I love about Carolina's Twitter account is that is that they try to strike up friendships with other social media accounts from other teams. <laughs> You know, it's like Colorado's their best friend and and <laughs> their best buddies and, you know, that kind of thing. I think it's kind of funny. Um, I mean, Colorado's is pretty good, too. But um, I just love the fact that Carolina is, is out there, their Twitter accounts trying to build bridges instead of, like, trying to, you know, one-up everybody or being snarky in a mean way or, or whatever. So they're they're just like... Good, clean, fun. Um, nothing terribly outstanding, but you know they're just out there trying to make everybody happy, and, and you know we need more of that. <laughs> Would you like well, to know one of their secrets hmm. to doing this? I know at least with Twitter and Facebook, the person primarily running the account was brought in from the local minor league baseball team. Uh, Someone who is used to, you have to engage with fans, good, bad, and indifferent. And I mean, it's, it's worked very well. Sometimes I feel like it's, they get a little too local. So that's why I don't want to bring them up because I'm immersed in everything hurricanes. Um, 
but I do feel like they they've done a good job. I thought they were getting maybe a little too cute at some points, and they've learned to rein it back, and it's been nice. I will I will say um, one of the things I've greatly appreciated about the Hurricanes account is them. And again, you know, I know this kind of messaging is it definitely comes from the top. You know, it's not the person's job to do this um, unless there's some sort of air cover from corporate type thing. But the way they have no problem calling out those groups of people, you know, you know, the ones who, who post the sunglasses uh, while they're driving in their car. Mm-hmm. You know the, the white guys. You know taking the pictures from down with the beards you know, and guys. the uh, yeah Ray Bans yeah. and yeah the yeah. beards and the Ray- yeah you we all know the the group that I mm-hmm. just love that the Canes have literally just been like okay you don't want to come to our games because we actually you know have made it a corporate message that we support um, LGBT you know LGBTQT and all of that bye. And and that's literally been their behavior. It's just been like, okay, bye, you know. <laughs> You're lost. Not not even that. It's it's just okay, bye. And mm-hmm. I just love that they've been sort of, I'd say flip it, flip it. But I I believe it's more nonchalant, you know. And, and I mean, true true nonchalance would just be like ignoring it. But in the world of you know, social media. Engaging by just saying, okay, see ya, you know, is is sort of the, not ultimate, but it's pretty close to, you know, just giving them the middle finger and like, we don't want you at our games, you know, you don't Could like what we do, anyway. yeah, we don't want you at our games, this is who we are, this is what we believe, you know, whether you want to call it performative or not, at least they're doing something to stand behind it, you know. Now, how many times have you heard someone, I've never, you know, all the people that are like, I'm boycotting football, you know, in the next season, they're watching NFL hand over fist. I'm boycotting baseball. They're watching baseball. I'm never going to a Hurricanes game again. The minute they start winning, they're, you know, headed back down to the PNC. Oh, did did, did, did the team trade that person's favorite player, too? <sighs> oh, I'm never going to support you guys after you trade Hayden Flurry. Okay, bye. Pretty much. Toodles. See, I, I I do like I, I do also like the Kraken's um, social media warrior kind of, you know, presence of supporting everybody and everything that those types of people with the Ray Bans and the beards and taking their pictures in their pickup trucks um, would not approve of. So <laughs> Yeah, it's not just Black Girl Hockey Club. It's like it's like everything, and uh, and I can really appreciate that. That out of out of all the NHL, the Seattle Kraken are not doing it in a performative way, and they're not even a real team yet. Yeah, totally. Um, to back up a little bit and answer, and answer sort of the when are they going to be a real team? When when did they become a real boy? Um, I have heard May is when their final payment will go to the NHL. Yeah, it, so, I, I figured it was in the days and weeks category for sure. So, 
Definitely yeah. before the expansion draft, anyway. Well, it has to be. Yeah. Yeah. They they literally until their charter is approved and finalized, they can't do anything. So, you know, like the people that were saying, oh, you know, what are the Kraken going to do at the deadline? I bet they're making sideline deals. No, they literally cannot do anything right now. Yeah. They can talk, yeah. but no, they can't even talk. They can't talk to other teams about any of their players or anything. Well, I think they've been given a little permission, at least listening to what Ron Francis has said publicly. I think he is allowed to discuss. I think he's allowed to have discussions mainly for the fact that the offseason will be so condensed. I think they're giving him a little bit of runway to help other clubs out potentially before he you know pulls up it's brian bickle trade on them so the thing is is this is true but the um and i have this from a couple of people i i know who have very detailed inside sources um it's it's sort of like um it's sort you you have to do it covertly mm-hmm. you know you can't talk about potential deals you can talk about hypothetical deals as stupid as it sounds it's very much like you know you can't negotiate with a player who's coming up to free agency before you know that that negotiation period starts right yeah and during that negotiation period you can talk about the framework of a contract but right. no specific terms but and prior to that you can't talk to the player you can talk to the player's agent and say, hey, we really like your guy. Does he, you know, what, you know, how's he, how's he feeling about life? You know, we really like, you know, you can, you can <laughs> lay the groundwork type stuff. So yes, I know Ronnie's been talking to a, a few people but it's really just been hey how's it going you know this guy on your team i really like him actually they're not going to show their hand like that but you know parenthetically type like so have you thought about who you're protecting in the expansion draft i don't need names i just was curious we were wondering (laughs) if you were going to do what the seven four and one you know what are you thinking and even that's starting to cross that weird line right yeah so I think it's been more of the case of he may be listening to other teams who are trying to get information from him about what they're thinking. That's kind of the feeling that I got. Um, he's the he's the uh, the bug on the call. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. It's hey, uh, how how you guys do it, you know really you know really loving you know it looks great the ring's gonna look great and everything and you know we're really excited to have another team in the league uh, um so uh, the scouts yeah how, how are your scouts doing they've been ca- been able to catch many of our games <laughs> it's you know it's that weird kind of crap uh-oh so well, we'll see you know I know I didn't get to answer my own question last week, and I'm terribly sorry, but I had a son go on the injured reserve list literally the day before, or two days before, with a broken foot, and things went chaotic. And of course, that same child is now running around 
um, with a walking boot on his foot like nothing's happened. So, kids, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So, what was your what were your an- what was your answer then? Um, well, I've made it known that William Nylander is sort of the one I'm. I really have a gut feeling is going to be there, but my other one is Johnny Goudreau. Hmm. And then I can and see really, it. And really, just does come down to the flat cap. It's going to kill everyone because the only way to get. You know, players like that off your roster is a money in, money out deal, right? No team's going to take on the salary without giving you back, you know, effectively the same amount. No team's going to want to take back that much salary if they're trying to clear space to buy other players. So the only way to do it. And given how teams just generally limit their trade partners because of divisions or. Honestly, the uncertainty about divisions come October. Ooh, we get realignment and everything. Oh, yeah. Phoenix goes to the central. (laughs) This is all provided things in Canada, you know, improve. Because there's already talk of a Canadian bubble in the U.S. for the four playoff teams. As we are, well, who knows if we're approximately a month out for that division playing in the playoffs or not, given all the scheduling changes in recent weeks. I'm trying yeah. to force the Canucks back into uh, playing when they clearly can't or shouldn't. I, I am so split on that whole thing. Um, God, I'm so split on that whole thing because, and I and I know this is, you know, oh, 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 this is one of those arguments that usually gets you in trouble. But they signed off on it. Yep, they signed off on that plan. Oh yeah, and you know it's it's sort of the, um. It's sort of the whole, you know, I'm sowing, I'm sowing, I'm sowing. Oh, crap, I have to reap, you know? <laughs> to, now, to that side, I am, to, or to the other side, I'm unbelievably impressed. The NHL went and listened to them and the medical professionals that said, no, you know, we understand you guys have a schedule and blah, 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 and you had an agreement, and yada, yada, but... Please give them a couple more days, you know, and everyone's like, oh, it's a couple more days. Well, yeah, it's a couple more days for a couple more players to get cleared of tests and uh, um, back on the ice and skating and, you know, doing physical activities and gauging where they're at. And, you know, does it suck for them? Yeah, but uh, you had a super spreader. Yeah. You know? Apparently Utica was also pretty hard hit as well before the Canucks got hit. So, you know, go back and look at, you know, look at your own house, kids. Because Montreal Montreal had an outbreak. And ironically, they've both killed my ability to watch Oilers games because Montreal's outbreak came before the Oilers played them and 
Vancouver's outbreak came before the Oilers played him, and so I had to not watch Oilers games and watch my beautiful boys. Uh, the so only way to, to slow McDavid down. The Seriously. <laughs> Seriously, the only, the only way to stop him is to postpone the game. But you know, it's sort of like, hey, guys, why don't you fix your own house? You know? Somebody didn't follow protocol somewhere. Because that's pretty clear, because... <sighs> Somebody? There's probably a couple of somebodies. Well, yeah, and that's that's the assumption. There, there was like a couple of people, but you know, Montreal's outbreak was not nearly as bad as this. This was like the the preseason stuff that whacked Dallas, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, when they had that many players under the protocol. So, you know, where are the other Canadian teams? They've had players here and there. But, you know, Vancouver, seriously. The only thing I will say to that point is it is consistent with what's happening within the Providence in general, specifically in the city of Vancouver, where this isn't just like one player magically got in spread. No, it's happening all throughout the city. Which, Which is ironic, right? Because they were slated to be a bubble. Mm-hmm. And they would not relax even the cohort um, the cohort quarantine type stuff for them to become a bubble. And they have they have been priding themselves, so to speak, on you know, on the way that they've handled the lockdowns and maintaining, you know, all of this stuff and here, you know <clears throat> here they come back and they're the worst hit. So what happened between, you know, last year at this time and this year? When you said, no, the NHL, you can't play here because we have these hard, fast rules and you're asking us to violate them. And, you know, the provincial um, medical boards and everything are saying, no, 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 no. And now a year later, your entire province is like, you know, 28 days later, contagion level. And let's just be grateful that this didn't turn into a Buffalo, New Jersey situation where yeah. it went from team to team. Because, I mean, that's probably one of the biggest shockers in this situation is, you know, numbers for other teams. William Nylander for the Maple Leafs may be one of the few players sitting out right now on the COVID list in the North Division. I haven't been keeping up with it that closely this past week, but his was a contact tracing result. And yeah. You would, and, uh, you would think there'd be at least one or two players on a few other teams. Uh, there, there are here and there, but honest to God, everyone that I've seen by and large, you know, Nylander is the one that sticks out just cause you know, it's it, Nylander, but by and large, the rest of them are like taxi players for the Canadian teams. You know, there's one or two guys here and there that, you know, end up on the list or they're role players. So, you know, the I, outside of Vancouver, the Canadian division, outside of the Vancouver in the early, you know, earlier in the season, the Montreal outbreak, they've managed themselves very well, by and large. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, there's always going to be exceptions to every role type thing, but 
compared to the way the U.S. teams have, have fared. And I think the only reason the U.S. teams look better now is because they literally had mass vaccination events for some of these teams. And then there's Colorado. Yeah. <laughs> which, which is an odd situation. It really is. Yeah. Yep. Live in-game update. With seven minutes left in the first period, one-to-one, Ducks in Anaheim. Goals from Pacioretty and somebody on the Ducks who wasn't traded. Comtois? <laughs> uh, yeah. Say? Yeah, it was Maxine Comtois. Just, you know. Because, like the old saying goes, someone has to score. <laughs> yep. That will say it was a pretty play, but it was really bad defensive play from Pink. Anyway. Enough about live in-game updates on a Sunday when this podcast will come out on a Tuesday. Yeah, that's never stopped us before. Nah, we don't care. No. The hell yeah. But I will say, I, I think we've, we may have solved the formula and helped Buffalo out in the past week or two. Again? Again. I mean, they're, they're having fun. There's that fun word again. Um, mm. Is that it, again? I don't think that's allowed in the NHL. You're not allowed to have fun. Yeah. Well, you know, they don't have a permanent head coach, so guys are just treating it like adult league and just doing what works. Okay. So I'm going to throw this out. Go for it. A little controversial. Uh oh. A little? That's it? A little. Taylor Hall's a locker room cancer. <laughs> you notice how he got traded and things started turning around? I know, but, you know, in Boston uh, uh, today, uh, 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 no one could score a hat trick. Players were only limited to two goals apiece. And how many of them played with Taylor Hall today? One. Hmm. Well, I, I, I did watch the end of that game, and I do have to love. Marshawn got his, his second goal was an empty netter. And uh, it was pretty clear he turned around and said, I was looking for you when he, when he to Bergeron. While he, was, mm-hmm. while he was skating down, you could totally see Marshawn was looking back, you know, to try and feed him for the Hattie. Live in-game update, returning to the ice. Scoring for your Vegas Golden Knights, number seven. Come on. Nobody knows your numbers? That was beautiful. Alex, that's your... Pietrangelo, yeah. who Alex Pietrangelo. Yeah, <laughs> I watched him in his yeah, first. I, I believe Friday night was his first game back. It was also a Ducks Knights game, and uh, he's got a couple of weeks before the playoffs to iron out the wrinkles. Everyone does, <laughs> except for the Buffalo Sabers, who were the. They're free of all responsibilities. They can just play and oh, get right. to go home in a few weeks. They were mathematically eliminated, weren't they? Yeah, mm-hmm. NHL mathematically eliminated. Oh, yeah. It's a different kind of math right there. Mm-hmm. Boy, howdy is it ever. My God, how... Uh, oh, Jesus. One, might, one might even go so far as call it not math, even, but, you know. Well, I mean, 
sports writers do complain there would be no math. I mean, that must have trickled into the front offices, into the league office. Don't make these guys break out a calculator. But that'll just give St. Louis hope. Although they're looking okay for... I was going to say the Sharks, it had, you know, but... Oh, oh, the team that benches, you know, they're only talented players because they're not playing hard enough. <laughs> Excuse me, not benching. They're um, resting. No, they're they're fourth lining them. Uh, yeah, we talked about that last last episode. <laughs> yeah, and then Bob they probably did, did it again. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that. Um, I, like I said, I don't know what's more disappointing. The the fact that they were put down on the fourth line or the fact that those are two players you're counting on to be your top six and score on your top six and scoring. You know? Column if, A, column B. <laughs> if this whole thing just isn't a damning indictment of how that organization's been run for the last dozen years or so i don't know what is you know i just honest to god i don't the and the other big damning indictment is you know all the celebration for patrick marlowe tying and then breaking gordy howe's record for games played today is all great you know he's been a fantastic player i have absolutely no problem with patrick marlowe as a hockey player right guys you don't get 500 plus goals in your career by being average mm-hmm. right Just sit on the fact that the guy who will hold the record for the most games played in the NHL has no Stanley Cup rings to his name and only one final appearance. And you you have to stop and think, how long has this guy been in the league to play that many games? And, you know, even Ray Bork had two Cup final appearances and, and at least got one, right? And, you know, that's a 21-year career for him. But it's just, you know, it's mind-numbing to me. And everyone's like, oh, you know, they were in the best division, you know, and it's hard to get out of it. And, you know, playing against great teams. And, you know, we got mold by Chicago and, and Los Angeles, you know, during our best run. Well, yeah. Hey, great. You know what you do? You figure out a way to beat them. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And you never do. <laughs> you and some, never and do. you can say some of their better teams came at the end of those L.A. Chicago runs. Yeah. I mean, the, the team that made the cup final and was nowhere even near their best team. They no. had a road paved for them mm-hmm. to, to the Western Conference final and to the cup final. Now, okay, yeah, you know, the other side of that is you got to win the games that are in front of you. Yeah, you do. But... You had a road paved. You can't deny you had a little help. Every team needs a little help, right? If you were to take last season out of the equation and you look at Tampa, they made it to the cup finals a few times. They made it to the conference finals several times. Sometimes the road was a little smoother than others, 
But at least there's a team you could say, all right, if you had a player of Patrick Marlowe's ilk there and you're having the same conversation, he did the best he could. The team did the best they could. They just never put it over the top. With San Jose, you can't say that. One crack at the... Well, the... Whenever I get into this with some San Jose fans, they always come back to me. Well, we made the, the conference finals like three years in a row, I think. And I'm like, great. Did you win them? No? Did you- okay, congratulations. No. You the, know, this I- is very similar to Ottawa back in the mid-aughts who could say, yes, they won one. Yeah. <clears throat> and it goes back to the whole, you know, would you rather have your team be great one year and win it all? Or get really close for four years and never win anything. Right? And, you know, in, in, in a perfect world, every team's going to win a Stanley Cup at least once in their life, right? Because mm-hmm. you, should, you should cycle through 32 teams. And somebody's, you know. Now, <sighs> come on. It took, it took Washington and L.A., over, you know, like 40, 44, 45 years each to get it done. But they got it done. But, and that's exactly what I was going to say. Thank you, Cassie. You read my mind. But they got it done, you know? And you can say that Washington, was that Washington's best ever team? No. I don't think so either. But it was the right collection of players that found a way to get it done. And they got through their one speed bump. Yeah, yeah, and that's the other thing. Pittsburgh, at one point, now... They slayed the devil. And then they looked lights out against the Lightning in the conference final. Yeah. Well, because they they were going in off that high from slaying the dragon, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's, you know, I, I honest to God think that reverse sweep Los Angeles put back on San Jose during that cup run from L.A. just killed that franchise in more ways than one. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, the changes they made after that to address what they thought happened were not the changes apparently that apparently that needed to be made. So, you know, it could be I, not agree that usually the changes that need to be made or could be made. There are way more of them than any general manager, including Doug Wilson, is ever willing to admit. Oh, sure. Uh, and you, you, look at- you have to make two or three small or honestly large correct decisions each season. Like, these are the two or three guys we will not move. Everything else is fair game, and you just have to pick or choose one or two. But it also comes down to simply what is the goal of the general manager that season? You know, it's like if you make playoffs every year, then that implies that you're doing your job. And if you don't win a cup, well, I mean, if if you've got a patient owner and you keep making playoffs, then that's good enough, right? But um, if the goal is to just gut your team and load up and go for a playoff run to win the cup, then, you know, you tend to have a shorter lived career as a GM. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you have a shorter lived 
career as a GM for that team. Right. But you've got right. cup rings, so what have you just done? You've kicked so, open the door for uh, you know thousands of other jobs. True, but uh, but yeah. So the there are some teams that are just satisfied with making playoffs and not doing anything more for a variety of reasons, and not just a GM keeping his job. But you know, there's also the um, maybe they get more money that way rather than you know, stacking up on a bunch of, like, great players that you're having, like, a huge salary cap, or, you know, you're up against a salary cap, and you don't want to do that. I mean, there's, there's like, you know, there's internal salary caps that the owner's saying, okay, you can't go above this, and then there's, there's you know, if there's profit sharing, then there's, well, maybe we don't want a good team because we make more money off of profit sharing than we would in sinking money into a bunch of really good players that doesn't necessarily guarantee us a cup, but gets us closer. And I mean, there's <clears throat> in the, in regards to Wilson in San Jose, I, I kind of feel like it, his goal was never to actually win a cup. Well, and, you know, but to your point, Cassie, he's, he's in between everything, right? I mean, you look at, we always talk about Minnesota being stuck in the mushy middle, right? They they were never good enough to get out of drafting in the middle, and they were never bad enough to draft good players, and they weren't they weren't buying in you know high priced talent generally out, outside of the pre well the Prezi and Suter deals, but conversely look at San Jose, Brent Burns and Eric Carlson. They brought him in. Evander Kane. They brought him in. They signed him to these big deals. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, they're they're cap strapped, so to speak. Not strap strapped because they were the bag man for a lot of these deals. But those three contracts, you know, including Mark Edward Vlasics, are are handcuffing him. So why were they paying these guys if they weren't thinking about winning cups? At least Minnesota tried to, and then realized they weren't going to be able to do it. <laughs> after they brought in Parisi and Suter and then just sort of went, eh, okay. San Jose still of, continues to do that stuff. There's a lot of, I think, again, with the NHL, it's like half of everything. There's, a, I, I think a lot of it is performative. I think a lot of it is, oh, look, here I am trying and that satisfies the fans, but it never ends up going anywhere. Which is why I, I, I had the picture of Doug Wilson pulling the Stanley Cup away from Charlie Brown wearing a shark sweater. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's just what, you know, that just, it's felt like for his entire tenure. That's exactly what's happened. And, you know, the, the great bit is, who did he replace? Dean Lombardi. Who did what? Went on and, and won two cups with L.A. Now, did Dean Lombardi make great no dean lombardi screwed up you know the mike richards deal and a bunch of other things that came back and bit you but you know there's there's always that old mantra you end up paying for your success right and being loyal to the guys that got you there and giving them these deals you know like dustin brown or mike richards those kind of things (laughs) that's painful but if i'm gonna do it it's going to be someone else's problem because I'm likely going to get canned, but I don't care. 
you know, Brian Burke's famous saying, when I go to the gas pump, I still get to look down at my two Stanley Cup rings. <laughs> so it's like you said, Cassie, it's just it's performative. Just do enough to get there. Maybe you'll get lucky. But, you know, do enough to satisfy the fan base and to satisfy ownership. And if you happen to get lucky, then that's an added bonus. Yeah, and and I think some of these teams that have gone through these same types of things as San Jose is going through, um, you know, it never hit them at the gate until like two years ago. Um, you know, I started seeing fewer and fewer sellouts at the tank, and that place was, you know, pretty much guaranteed max capacity every game. And even though they were in a playoff hunt and everything, people were just not showing up. Because they just, you could see it coming again, right? Hey, they're going to make the playoffs. They may get a, they may get into the second round, but they're going to get bounced hard. They don't have a chance to go anywhere, blah, 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 blah. So you're stuck with a mushy middle draft pick. Who are you going to get? Well, if you were smart, you would have picked Matt Barzell, but you didn't. <laughs> you know? You went the safe route, found the guy six foot one. 210 pounds, power forward. Signed his RFA deal where his qualifying offer is going to be $10 million and bounced him to the fourth line the last game. You know? It's just an indictment of how stagnant and poorly run that organization's been. Sorry I'm ranty, but it just infuriates me because Patrick or Patrick Waugh, Patrick Marlowe is a classic good guy. Right? If if he'd been a little bit more flamboyant in his career, everybody would have been Ray Borking him, right? We gotta get this guy a cup. We gotta get this guy a cup, you know? And just because he's been a classic good guy, he's gonna end up getting hosed. He'll it's probably still make the, does. Huh? Oh, sorry. I was going to say he'll probably still make the Hall of Fame. You know. I mean, just the goal, the goal total alone. Yeah, he's he's got you know he's over five hundred. He's well into he's well into five hundred. Plus, you know, he had a long storied career. He's had the international success. Right, the guy didn't disappear in Vancouver in two thousand ten. You know. On the, on the Canadian Olympic team. You know, he made the Olympic teams when he had a chance to. So, I mean, you know. he, he's Mark Recchi without the cups. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, he it doesn't have quite the po- point totals, but he was also. He was saddled with some pretty bad San Jose teams. Yeah, I was going to say those, those late 90s teams were. Mm. <laughs> woof, woof is what they were. <laughs> Yeah, until Nabokov came and settled things down for a few years. You mean Kelly Rudy and that wasn't really going to be the backstop they thought he was going to be? Um, I love that a, a, a couple of friends of mine pointed out that he is the only player to have worn every iteration of a Sharks jersey. <laughs> <laughs> in, their, in their, what, almost 30 years in the league. <laughs> Because he got drafted, they were still in the classics before they went through all of these, you know, changes to morph the the shark sweater. So he is the only player that has won 
worn all of their variant sweaters. It, what was it? it before he tied the record it came out that he has played with or against one third of every nhl player to date yeah <laughs> something like 36 or 37 percent yeah just mind-blowing like the total is much lower than you would ever think even when you wrap your head around, okay, it was six teams for 40 years. But, I mean, there are only, uh, I think, 8,200, I'm rounding up a little bit, that have ever played. It wasn't always 20 players dressed either. Right, right. Yeah, but it, that's just mind-blowing. Yeah, but, you know, he, he would have played against Gretzky. He would have played against Lemieux. <laughs> Probably yeah. had a game against Gordy Howe himself. <laughs> no, not quite. <laughs> yeah, because he never played in the minors. <laughs> right. <clears throat> that was what I was first. I was thinking, wait, 80s? No. And then he did the minors in the 90s. Yeah, no, he didn't play against Gordy Howe. If you were only in the AHL that one time in Syracuse. Right. <laughs> Because I, I was actually at that game. Were you? <laughs> yeah. Total total fluke, too, as a kid. Um, it's crazy to think about. But So one thing I've been going back and forth on in my head is, and we'll know the answer before we chat next week, is beyond Monday night, how many of the, I think, dozen games left for the sharks does marlo skate in does he does he just finish it off and get a nice big number or does he stop somewhere in between i you know for the sake of the story i want him to finish the season right put a bow on it say you know i played complete seasons you know and whatever the number's at, whatever the number's at. And if he wants to call it a career after, or, you know, a career in the NHL after that, let him, let him have it, right? Mm-hmm. They've got nothing to fight for, right? So there's nothing. Um, You know, he doesn't, he's still got some pretty good wheels. He's not putting the puck in the net as much. There's no harm, I guess I want to say, and letting him play, you know, let him get a few more goals and a few more assists. And yeah, he's not blocking the path for any other player. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, and there's the problem, right? There is the fundamental problem in San Jose. There is no upward pressure from their, from their minor league system. There has not been for over a decade. Nobody was threatening to push Joe Thornton out or Logan Couture or Pavelski or Marlowe or any of the wingers. Nobody was threatening in their minor league system to push those guys out. And yet people That's kept, drafting right there. Yeah. And, and, and it's just funny because people continue to say, oh, Seano, or San Jose drafts so great. And I'm like, what drafts are you watching? The people that they're trading away for veteran talent? You're you're trading. You're giving someone else magic beans to buy in someone else 
to fill a gap that you weren't able to draft for with the person you drafted, you know, the magic bean you just gave away. <laughs> Would you say they've only drafted one since Timo Meyer, they've only drafted one other reliable NHL player in Mario Ferrara? Yeah, I mean, because I don't—they've had other guys that have gotten a few games, but he's but, the only one that looks like he's going to stick in a lineup and has some promise beyond what he's already shown. Yeah, and I would 100 percent agree with you. You know, and even Timo Meyer, I'd be like, I'm not sure I'd qualify that as a great pick. You know, one thirty goal season does not a career make. No. You know, granted, he is he's scores but i didn't draft you just to score on average <laughs> no he, he is an nhl player what his role in the nhl is is um... he's a to- he's a tomas tatar right yeah you'll, you'll forget about him for three weeks he'll show up he'll score a goal and you'll be like yeah that's why we drafted him and you'll be like god you remember that goal he scored and then you realize it's been like a week since he scored another goal but then when he does, you know, it's an important goal or, you know, it's a pretty goal or something. And then you'll sucker Vegas into giving you a first, a second, and a third for him. <laughs> and get another uh, nine draft picks like they did last year. Yes. <laughs> oh. I'm a sugar. Yeah, okay. So, what else happened in the NHL this week? Some trades, I think, or something. I don't know. Not a whole lot of anything. Some fan bases got sad for various reasons. Some got happy for various reasons. Mm Mm-hmm. Some just kind of stayed the same for no reason at all. Yeah. (laughs) The Flyers continue to to prove to me that Ron Hextall was right. Mm-hmm. Speaking of patience and owner patience and building from within, yeah. But sure, we'll get Jeff Carter. <sighs> I, you know, I don't mind the deal. I, I haven't, and I've watched more Penguins games in the last week than I have all season, and he's perfectly fine on a third line. Yeah. The wing talent Pittsburgh has. Yeah. This was the, uh, Joe, or, uh, the Joe Thornton acquisition we hypothesized last February. Oh, yeah, yeah. Could he fit in and help a team? And I said, well, Philly has nothing. They just need somebody to get their fast guys the puck. And I kind of feel like that's what Carter is doing. Not much to show for it. But Pittsburgh also doesn't have the hardest road once they're in the playoffs. Yeah, that's true. Weird. That's, they, they seem to get that periodically. seems like they get that more so than any other team. But maybe that's just me being biased. Biased? 
for fur or again. <laughs> Is your bias fur or again? Oh, God. All or nothing. So, the NHL schedule then, which I have not looked at since the whole fiasco in Vancouver. When is when's the season end again? Um, ask again later, and I'll have a different answer. Yes, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say. That's perfect. You you're, you would be better off just literally asking a Magic 8-Ball because I think the 15th... Um, I, think, I think they're still targeting May 15th because of the Olympics, but I'm laughing because it kind of looks like the Olympics may not happen. Well, as of now, I believe Sunday the 16th because of the extra shift in the Toronto-Vancouver series... The last game is currently scheduled for May 16th. Yeah. Well, now, see, the Olympics may not happen for the U.S. I don't know about Canada, though. No, I was saying Tokyo is actually saying. Oh, Tokyo is saying, okay. Yeah. There was a couple of blurbs in the news last week saying they're really reticent about even moving forward with them. Even though they're doing the the torch relay right now? Yep. Hmm. Nice. They can do the torch relay all they want. Let's just run around all the islands indefinitely. I was going to say, they'll get the torch there and be like, crap, we got to run it all the way back now. What do you mean you're closed? What do you mean Wally World's closed? <laughs> Sorry, folks. Wally World's closed. Mm-hmm. Well, at least now they take it by shit back to Greece. So they don't have to worry about the Suez Canal. So, <laughs> oh, I literally want John Candy to be alive so he can go stand at the edge of the Tokyo <laughs> Olympic <laughs> Arena and come out and say, "Sorry, folks, Olympic Village is closed. Could you have to come back later?" Oh, I need to go watch that movie again. Anyway. Oh, okay. They're repairing the ice. Uh, breaking in-game update. There is some center ice repair happening at the Honda Center, and they are using the former arena sponsor, Bottled Water Company, to to pour water on the, on the chip in the ice. Mmm. All right, so I guess, but was it last week or this past week that the 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 Canadian Hockey League decided that they weren't going to have the Memorial Cup for the second year in a row? I think the announcement was in the last seven days. Mm. COVID asterisks. Mm-hmm. COVID time is sure. Yeah. It could have been the last seven days. It could have been the last seven months. Yeah, I'm pretty feel sure like was, yesterday. I'm pretty sure it was the last two weeks, but I can't remember if it was this week or the week before. I think oh, it it's all a blur anyway. So right, that's why I said COVID time. <laughs> yeah. 
But hey, be like the OHL and just use some soft language to make it seem like you're actually going to have a season when you're really not. But April 13th, the CHL put out the announcement. Yeah, so it was in the past seven days. All right. Mm-hmm. You could have told me it was June 5th, and I would have said, okay, was that yesterday? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had to look at a calendar to make sure that it was after. <laughs> I, I was like, I, okay, at, it's the 18th, okay. <laughs> yeah, I literally at this point can only tell you like what day of the week approximately it is, and there's only two days I know for sure any given time, and that's Friday and Sunday. <laughs> See, and I can tell you specifically how many days of school my kids have left, but that's about it. I don't know what days they're on. I just know how to count down when a day is over. Yeah, I I only know if it's a weekday or a weekend, if my alarm goes off during the week or not, and doesn't go off during the weekend. Holidays kind of really mess me up with that. Seriously, they uh, they gave us an additional five days at work to take off as what they call well-being days, and they're only uh, the only qualifier is they just didn't want everybody taking them all at the same time type thing. Mm. And so the minute they send out the mail saying, you know, congratulate, not congratulations, but you know, hey everyone, you get five extra days. They're not going to count as you know, vacation time or anything like, you know, against your vacation time or anything like that. Just make sure you communicate with your management and team when you're taking them. And cause we don't want everybody taking them at the same time. The vice president of my organization sent out a mail saying, Hey everyone, April 16th, we're all taking a day. <laughs> he said, we're all using, we're all using one of our well-being days on April 16th. Cause we want to <laughs> set the example. And I was just like, but we can't all take them at the same time. Now you're telling the entire org to go take off for a day? Okay. Not your business. He's the one one that's going to come back and bite, not you. (laughs) Fine by me, sunshine. You got vice president in your title for a reason. I don't know what it is, but you got it in your title. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Live in-game update. Nick Wah. Wahoo. Beats Josh Gibson short side to make it three to one. Okay, I think <laughs> I'm just rambling now. What? How is this different than any other show, Patrick? I don't know. Shut up, Patrick. Okay. <laughs> Argue with yourself later. Okay. Fine. You're on our time right now. <laughs> well, if I'm here and you're here, doesn't it make that our time, Mr. Hond? <laughs> yeah. That's not how this works. <laughs> Uh, it is truly the dog days of the season. That started a month ago and ends in like two weeks. Don't fact check me on those numbers, though. <laughs> COVID time. Yeah, we're, co- we're talking COVID days or are we talking like regular actual real days? Is there a difference anymore? Oh, he- uh, here's a live again at some point. <laughs> here's a live in-game update for you. 14:30 left in the third. Nico Heeshear just ties the excuse oh. me, ties the game for the New Jersey Devils. Once trailing 3 nothing in this game. Oh, oh the dreaded 3 nothing lead. Worst lead the, in hockey. 
Firstly, the hockey. Especially if you're San Jose, Toronto, or apparently the Rangers. <laughs> or Philadelphia. Sometimes Tampa. <laughs> yeah, basically if you play is hockey. There, <laughs> is there any correlation between those teams? Hmm. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, wait, did you want me to answer that? (laughs) In the form of a question. (laughs) What is, I don't know. You are now qualified to be an NHL GM. Hooray! (laughs) All right, we're getting a little loopy here, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, as entertaining as this is, Patrick tells me I had a question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you did. Remember. <laughs> Where did this question come from? That's what I want to know. When did I when, ask it? When Where we were doing this? when we were doing post show prep a few weeks ago. Oh, all right. <laughs> you mean that thing that sounds exactly like the show but isn't the show? Exactly. Okay. Yep. You mean you mean the time where we can actually speak our real opinions with bad language and not our real opinions with clean language. Yep. Some of, <clears throat> some of the notes that the public doesn't get, but some of the insiders still hear. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for those that are tapping our stream, Carl <laughs> Wilson. Ron <laughs> Francis. Francis. <clears throat> yeah. Um, all right. Um, okay, so I'll use this question. So... <laughs> That's good. Uh, So, using actors, cast the roles for an NHL franchise. This has been the 3B3 Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at 3B3 Podcast. We're available for NHL consulting at reasonable fees.